Hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of After the Event Presents Influences and Ideas. And I am joined today by Sassy. Thank God there's no Adam. And we are going to be talking about influences and ideas of uh, After the Event. Now, Adam isn't here because, um, I mean, are we putting it down? I mean, yeah, I mean, the real reason is he's working and we just went, well, you know, you haven't really got to be here for this one. And we can always hold this over him now and say that he hasn't been on every episode. <laughs> yeah. Or we could just say he's shagging I mean, sheep. I mean. He does, yeah, he does do that. He's well, in Wales. It's a national pastime. Yeah. Um... So yeah, uh, we basically need to get some stuff pre-recorded because the baby on the way. The baby's coming. <laughs> baby number two is coming. It is. It's coming. It is coming. And it's. I'm, I'm gonna say thick and fast because it's looking thick and coming fast. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you want to rephrase that or? Looking thick as well, I thought was a, a, a horrid way to to describe well, Gina. Maybe. I mean, you've seen Jack; he's not exactly slim. Jackie's a little Jack, chunk. By the way, is my my other son who is fifteen months now and is the chunkiest little guy you've ever seen. Oh, I need to send you pictures. We dressed him up as Thor, but he looks more like Fat Thor from Endgame than he does from like superhero Thor. Yes. Um, yeah, he's got the stomach for it, you know. Um, for some reason, I, you know, breathe chubby offspring for some reason. Well, well, Adam is part of your gene pool. Yeah, so genetically there was like a flip of a coin. Yeah. So it, obviously Jack, unfortunately, yeah. poor kid got the other side of it. He was either going to Round be... side of it. Yeah, yeah he was either going to be uh, handsome and buff or or fat and grotesque. And unfortunately, <laughs> he got. Hang on, he's got that sounds. Story in the middle because he's fat but somehow handsome. I, now, I find him he's quite. Everyone I, says he's quite a good-looking baby, but then at the same time he's also very fat. So now, I I've just realised that I called your child grotesque in that comment. You know, you did, I you did just call my son grotesque. You know, you know that wasn't aimed at him. You know that was a dig at Adam. <laughs> You knew where that was going. You knew that was a joke. Yeah. It's because he's not here, isn't it? It's because he's not here. We can take the piss. Now, first of all, we're going to talk about influences and ideas. So, basically, everyone kind of gets that... uh, And I'm not the sort of person who sits here and goes... If someone pointed and went, you're blatantly borrowing stuff from The Walking Dead. You're blatantly borrowing stuff from Lost. You're blatantly borrowing stuff from Stephen King. Yeah, do you know what? We are. And I don't give a fuck. Right? I'm not going to sit here and lie and go, no, I've never ever seen or heard of these things. We welcome it. Right? The best... The, the Everything's just a remix, isn't it? Everything's Let's a remix of everything. And the thing is, it's not like we're actually following the storyline note for note of these things. It's all mixed up. There are original things in there. 
But at the same time, you know, come on, I give me a fucking break. Uh, massive mishmash of all different points in not just the zombie genre but sci-fi as well. Like, and I feel like if you if this is coming out after the finale, which I believe it is, then you'll see that sci-fi is going to be more played on. But really, for our influences, it's not just it's not just the influences of movies and films it's the whole culture around it really because this, this whole thing stemmed from i mean everyone remembers oh, what are we talking about 20 oh help me out 2015 2016 walking dead is huge yeah. Right? Is it around those times? 2015. So our intro thing and then we'll go into we'll talk about The Walking Dead but you carry on with your yeah basically I think it's, it's not just The Walking Dead or, or, or any particular like because The Walking Dead itself is not a rip off but it, it's straight from George A. Romero it's straight from 28 Days Later like yeah. come on look at the beginning of The Walking Dead guy in a coma wakes up that is exactly 28 Days Later yeah so each one is the same as the other in many different ways, if you know what I mean. They're the same, but different. And yeah. that's what we are. Yeah, we're the same, but different. It's, it's, it's all the same. You just put your twist on it. And I think that whole concept is what, pushed, is what pushes conversation because everyone at that time, you know, I, I was working at, you know, Ben, ben um, from who, where I used to work at Dot Martins. Um, and, and other people, like I'm sure you had conversations yourself. And I, I think, I think loads of people have these conversations where you sit and you would say, "Zombie apocalypse, what would you do? What would you do?" How many times have we had that conversation? I mean, we have a yeah. plan. We have a plan. Uh, yeah, and, and, and there, were, there were books made about this, and yeah, they were jokey. And hell, we take it as a joke. We take it as social media sort of like aspect. We take it as watching movies, films, things like this. Some people took it really seriously and actually start, you know, having bug out bags and building shelters and stuff. Fair enough. You know, fair enough. Do what, do what you want. Maybe it's not zombies that you need to be prepared for. Um, but at the end of the day, there's no harm in being prepared for something. But uh, I was thinking about this quite uh, earlier on when uh, we were talking about our influences. And I thought the real-life influence there is, more than anything, it's the... It's the idea of an apocalypse, whether it be zombies or anything else. The idea of being in a situation like we are put in at the beginning of or after the event. The idea of being dropped into a situation and saying, what would you do? And you can never know how things are going to play out. And that's what this all sparked from is the idea of being put into a situation and seeing how it played out. And that's where the writing of yourself comes in and the sort of Dungeons and Dragons aspect, in that sense, the role-playing adventure. But if you're looking for influence, it's I would say the main influence is that conversation 
that everyone had. Everyone had that conversation. I mean, if you, if you were a fan of zombies, if you were a fan of uh, survival horrors, anything back in the day of, like, even the earlier Dawn of the Dead or before that, you know, everyone had that. Well, in my opinion, maybe I'm wrong, but I would assume anyone that enjoyed these films, anyone that enjoyed these TV series, you probably sat there and you all talked amongst each other, you know, what would you do, what would you do? Well, we'd go here, we'd do this, we'd fight this, we'd get that, we'd go and arm up and get guns and do this and do this. And everyone sort of played it out in their heads. And I think that's what we're doing, really, yeah. is just playing it out, but rather than it being in our heads, it's, we put it to paper, well... Put it to podcast and yeah. I put it to paper, and Adam sits there and doesn't make notes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Adam. Adam yeah, is. That, do you know what? The serious side of it. <laughs> do you know what actually still amazes me is that Adam does not take notes, yet he still knows that Amanda has a crowbar. Yeah, and whereas I don't, I do take notes, and I couldn't tell you that. If no. I depended on it, I'd have and to literally my notes are up there. I'd have to find them. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's amazing yeah. how he does it. I mean, like you were saying about the the you know surviving and things, and, and and when I write it, you know, you failed to stop that bunker from failing in in the finale. But if you'd have succeeded, the story would have gone in a different direction. So. It really is survival, you know. It really is your story, and I'm just paving the way. Like I have different yeah. directions for you to go, and like you were saying, the amount of times when we were younger and still now, what would you do? What would you do? And I just thought one day, well, let's do it. Let's just see what you would do. And. And it's fun. It's That's just it, yeah. it's just fun to do. It, it, it's an idea. I mean, like um, influences in that sense. Like, for example, you've got other things that have influenced us in media. You've got Lost and and all these movies and things. Um, but really, between that and just your imagination of thinking what you would do, then you go to a familiar setting. Yeah. And obviously, for people listening, they don't know what our familiar settings are, but I'll tell them straight out that if you're listening to After the Event and you've come from season one all the way through with us, then you'll know probably we did sort of say or hint towards the fact that the series one, the entire setting is pretty much... It's our, it's our hometown. It's our village. Yeah. It's where we were born and raised. Well, well, it's basically season where one, we were from. Season one, two, and three were all in our when we were kids. The yeah. area we grew up in because we could all visualize it. And then we moved away from it, and we're now having well, all of us are having to visualize in our own way what these new settings and situations are. Like Ashbury, for all of us, I can describe it as as best I can, but in my head, it looks slightly different to what everyone else thinks. That's right. You yeah. know, and it, and it's yeah, it's good. It's I different. Think for us, both of us is the main village of Ringwell, I believe it was called. Is yeah, right? I think I think it was yeah. Ringwell. It was a long while ago yeah, now. That's right. Which is close to the real name of the village, but the thing is, it's 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 um. We're drawing from experiences that we know of. 
uh, yeah. to help us tell a story. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think it's, it's fairly obvious if you knew us. Um, and I hope it's, I, I sort of was thinking about this here. I hope it does translate that we, uh, that we can make people visualise what this place looks like and how it, how it works. Like when we say London, people, you know, famous landmarks, like, I mean, fucking hell, we, we blew up one. <laughs> We blew up the London Eye. We blew up the London Eye. So I'm pretty sure anyone, I mean, even outside the UK, you're gonna, you're gonna probably sort of have a fairly rough understanding of what we're talking about when yeah. we say we blew up the London Eye. But if we say a small village in the east of England, you're not gonna know. But it, yeah. it's, it's uh, I mean, we've got the cover pictures, but trying to get that across because that is our influence, because that's our life. That's where myself, my brother, and and yourself, we grew up doing these yeah. things, um, walking around, going outside, playing around, being idiots, and basically doing all the stupid shit we do on this. Really, <laughs> really. basically, we used to go out every weekend down the old railway, down the forest, round the old lakes, and we used to piss about. I mean, we never found an alpaca and called it shadow facts, yeah. but no. No. We did find stupid things and do stupid shit, jump off bridges and do probably half the stupid shit that we would do. However, <laughs> but, however, my mum, right, is yeah. getting a new puppy next week. It is a cocker spaniel. It's not a springer spaniel, and I am pushing, I am pushing for it to be called Beatrix, and she's having none of it. She's having oh, none of it. Beatrix is the one. You've got a. Yeah. It's, it's, it's meant to be. She's having none of it. It's meant to be. Oh. Anyway, look, let's get <laughs> let's get on to The Walking Dead because you, you've already mentioned it. Um, so one of the biggest sort of... Um, the most obvious, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I think that and Lost are, are the two big ones. And The Walking Dead, I think... Um, most people could point to zombies, but you, like you say, you can point to a lot of things and say zombies. I think the main thing people would point at is the lineup in series five, the Negan-style yeah. lineup in season five. So, Sussy, One give of us. us gonna die there. Yeah, uh, I'll tell. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my Walking Dead thoughts first. So, I mean, me and you both watched it basically at the same time when it was being released. You came down here quite a lot, and we would watch it together on the night that it was released, the episode was released. And, I mean, I'm not sure about you, but I... It was... It was just after Negan came in, and it was the kingdom, just getting to the kingdom, and King Ezekiel, that I kind of went, "I, I think I've had enough of this now. And, yeah. I, and I think the reason why was I didn't like Negan. like, and, and I know you're not meant to like him, but I actually didn't like him. For instance, we'll come to it with Lost. You bring in Ben Linus. You're not meant to like Ben Linus, but you like him as a character. I just genuinely yeah, did more, not... more to him. Yeah. So- even yeah. though he's a bad guy, he still catches your intrigue because yes. you kind of go, who's this weird little, like, scrawny-looking dude? Like, how did he... What the fuck is he doing? Like, he has some sort of mystery about him. 
Um, I sort of agree with what you're saying about Negan. Like Negan was built up to be this huge bad character of, of, of sort of almost beyond epic proportion. And yes, he did do what he did in his entrance with oh, fuck. I've forgotten the guy's name. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. No, I guess his brains bashed in by. Oh, Abraham. No, the other one. Glenn. I know Abraham, the ginger dude. Glenn. Glenn. That's the one that really pissed everyone off. But again, if you read the comics, you knew that was coming. Yeah. Like, everyone knew that was coming. Yeah. But the thing was, uh, it's like that wasn't the worst thing ever because the governor did pretty evil stuff too. Yeah. But the thing was, because the governor never had the hype. There was no hype for the governor. He just turned up in a fucking... Was he in a tank, if I remember rightly? Yeah, in a tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah, killed Herschel. He fucking turned up. He kills Herschel. But Negan... Yeah. Negan... Yeah. Yeah. Negan got this sort of... Sort of like wheel rolling behind him. Everyone's like, oh my God, Negan's coming. I'm sure. I'm, sh- I'm fucking sure. I remember there being a, a whole PR campaign for The Walking Dead about Negan coming. Yeah, yeah, there was, yeah. And they they really built that up. And yeah, he did that one thing. But then after that, you had about six episodes of filler. And it did fuck all. Yeah. And it just, it's just sort of like, you had this little spark, and then, boom, the flame, and then, gone. Yeah. It's like, what, what, what? I mean, it, I... It, it took it. Way, I think it was. I don't know. Something didn't click there. Didn't mesh there the way it should have done. Yeah. And I think a lot of people. I think. I think your time region that you've called out there is exactly the same as mine, if not. I, I pretty much was already on the way out then. I wasn't quite as on it as I was with the rest of the series. I want to say series five. I, I think I, I think that um, Negan comes in at the halfway point of season six. Yeah, um, I, there was a few episodes there before they revealed Negan that were pretty weak. I remember. Yeah, and then it kind of ramped like up a bit. Episodes. Yeah, I think now, uh, now, now just. Yeah, Hilltop, yeah. Alexandria, Hilltop, the kingdom. Now, I'm going to backtrack slightly because last year, when The Walking Dead came on Disney+, Plus, I thought, I've got nothing to watch. I'm going to smash it. Right? And I and I watched all of The Walking Dead. Now, I'm going to say now, fuck off, Fear the Walking Dead. Fuck off, World Beyond. Fuck off all these others. I don't want to watch spin-offs. If I want to watch Morgan, I shall watch Morgan in The Walking Dead in where he was originally placed. I am not going to watch Fear the Walking Dead to see the continued adventures of Morgan, right? I'm not watching any spin-off shows of a show. If you can't incorporate your show into the original show in some way, I'm not fucking watching it. Now, I watched The Walking Dead. Last year, and I got past the Negan lineup, and I got past where I had quit, and I'd say it does not get any better. I would say that it doesn't get any worse. I'd say that it basically plateaus. Yeah. Right? And 
how far have you actually watched The Walking Dead? Like, did you ever watch any more than where you quit? Because I will say I that... Can't. I find it difficult to remember exactly where I quit. It was after the lineup. I did get through the, the, the lineup. I got through Glenn's death. I got through whatever... I can't remember if that was the end or midpoint. I'm sure like you were right. You said it's the midpoint of a series. I remember watching um, a good few episodes where there's a curly-haired dude who is, like, a scientist, um, and he goes and sort of is, like, a weird double agent in Negan's place. Shit, man. Eugene. He's in Negan's... Oh, so you got you got into, like, season seven. Or some shit like that. Yeah, you got into, like, season seven, then, and see maybe even season eight. Or maybe season eight... Because because after the war with Negan, then you have a big. Correct, I might be wrong. Apologies if I'm wrong, but you have the war with Negan and they lock Negan up. They don't kill uh, Negan. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, they they don't kill Negan. They lock him up in Alexandria, and then there's right, a big time yeah. jump. There's this huge time jump of like nine years. I definitely didn't get there. No, and. Um, and then Rick goes miss. I mean, spoilers for The Walking Dead, obviously. Rick goes missing, seemingly dies, but goes missing. And then it carries on just with Daryl, and you have the war with the Whisperers. And the war with the Whisperers, I will say, that kind of picks up. It's a bit spooky, and it goes back to actually... The problem with The Walking Dead was it had become more about the threat of people and not the threat of zombies, whereas The Whisperers definitely brought the threat of zombies back. So, but I think the problem is it with The Walking Dead is that it, it just it just goes from, and this is a problem I have when I'm writing after the event, it goes from antagonist to antagonist to antagonist. It just goes from bad guy to bad guy to bad guy. And you have to, but... And we can't really say too much because we haven't got to the end game of, of, of uh, after the event. But things come back around. You all know about the time travel. I'm not talking about time travel bringing things back around. There is a very long game with after the event, which will pay off. 100%, I promise, in our weird little way that we do things. It better. It will. It will. Look, bright lights and dark shadows, mate. Come on. Right? Shit's going down. I'll be following them to my fucking grave, I know it. If you're actually listening to what these people who say about Dark Shadows and Bright Light say, you can figure out what's coming. You can figure out what's going to happen. I've basically paved the way. I hope you are listening to this because uh, me and Adam have a tendency to um, shut these guys down. You roll your eyes uh, we, 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 and switch off. Yeah, um, I gotta be honest, it's like, I just think, uh, they're either gonna fucking join us or they're gonna fucking hate us. And if they hate us, we'll just kill them. And that hates me in after the event. I'll just pretty much just uh, <laughs> people that aren't really uh, 
not really uh, going to abide by my rules. So, but I'm yeah, just um, I'm just uh, paving the way. I'm a bit of a reputation for that too. I'm paving the way, and if you actually listen to what they say, then sassy. There are certain things that some of these think people say that should be sparking something in your brain. Not Adam, but your brain. I had certain ideas that I can sort of think of. Because... I don't know whether to say them on this podcast here now. No, don't say them now. I don't want to say too much. Don't say them. I have had thoughts of relations to things that I know. Um, And I will say that I think I see a pattern, or at least a... Maybe not a pattern, pattern's probably not the right word, but a reference to certain things that I should probably have called a lot sooner. Would Um, you say, would you say that this has always been a horror, survival, science fiction podcast? Yeah. Would you say that in the future we're definitely going more towards the science fiction survival podcast. Yeah, yeah. and I'm saying this with a grin on my face because I think uh, I think there's certain things I'm piecing as I speak. <laughs> and I think I think I've sort of not figured out what's coming but I've just confirmed a few things. <laughs> yeah. Look, at the end of the day looking more in the in the letters and numbers and things that are around us probably we need to be a bit more observant in the world we're in I think that basically this story that we're telling unlike The Walking Dead which basically is very grounded in a reality ours is not grounded in a reality which brings us on to Lost because Lost is not grounded in a reality not really. You have characters that are very grounded in their reality, but the show itself is not grounded in reality at all. Um, now, you see, I've got to just um, say for people out there, it's like Lost is a very Marmite... It seems like a very Marmite thing. People either love it or they hate it. And I, uh, I, was, I remember when it first came out, I was a huge advocate. In fact, I remember I was the one that told you to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember. And I will well. say now. This was in where we were, what's one series in or something. And the one thing I will say, for those, if there's people out there that haven't seen it, do watch it. And do watch it to the end. Because I recently, I never, I, the first time around, I'd never managed to go and watch it to the end. Because I ended up moving abroad for a short amount of time. And this was before you could get good internet. Um, and I missed the, the last series of it, and I never, I don't know, something just slipped my attention and I never managed to catch up. But recently, having had my son born, um, anyone that's got kids knows that for the first sort of three months, they don't really do a lot. Um, they're just sort of little potatoes that sleep and eat and shit. So I managed to actually watch the whole thing um, for the first time ever. And the one thing I will say I would. There's a lot of people that say that, that it's nonsense and they made it up as they went along and all this sort of stuff. 
And I got to say, you couldn't be more wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. And I only noticed it the second time watching it through. It is absolutely incredible, the level of detail, even down to the words that people say that you don't even fucking notice. Agree. And then you watch it back and you start putting pieces together and you go, of course they fucking have to know the ending. Otherwise, why did they put this in? Why did they put that in? There are certain points, highlights, um, little things that don't make any sense. You know, what's this nonsense? What's this nonsense? You get to the end, then go back to the beginning because in a way, that's kind of what Lost is actually all about restarting something from the end to the beginning which again a lot of people didn't this is the thing a lot of people oh. didn't watch the uh, final series and it obviously isn't gonna i mean bits will make sense obviously but so much of it isn't gonna make sense unless you watch that final series and you watch the final series go back and watch the rest and it will honest to god it's like a fucking puzzle and i put it together in my mind as i watched it and i was like bam Bam, they had to fucking know the ending. They had to, otherwise it wouldn't work the way it did. I will say that... Um, uh, Lost is my favourite series ever. It may be one of my... It's one of my favourite things to watch ever, as in films and TV. But TV, it is my favourite TV show ever. And I'm currently going through my fifth rewatch of Lost. Right? That's dedication. And I'm at the beginning of series three. Now, I will say that they did know what they were doing to a certain extent. There is a fantastic uh, document you can read called... Uh, it's a, One of the writers on the first and second series is called Javier Griot Max Watch. And it's called His Lost Will and Testament. And he basically talks about all of season one and two. Basically that they were making it up as they went along. But when it got towards the end of series two, that's when they started going, okay, we've got all of this stuff. Now, where's it going? So they made a foundation and then they aimed towards the end. And it makes sense. And the thing is, I've always said that Lost is not a series which is easy to watch, right? However, people who say it does not make sense are fucking stupid. Because it does. You're not watching it properly. You can't sit and watch it whilst on your phone. You have to watch it. Like, you have to actually engage with the characters and what's going on. It's not a fleeting watch where you're scrolling through Facebook. You know, you have There's to so watch much it. You can miss so yeah, quickly. so, so much. And, I mean, the characters, I often say that it is a, it's a character study. I, when I'm selling it to people, I always say, don't watch it for the mystery and wanting to get answers straight away. Watch it for the characters. Because the way that all the characters evolve throughout the show and the journeys that the characters go on is brilliant. It's fantastic. 
definitely. Like you know, certain standout characters, like just John Locke on his own could have really just sold it. John Locke is my favourite TV show character ever. People will say Daryl Dixon. People will say Jon Snow. People will say Tony Soprano. No, no, no. It's John Locke. Because the one thing that John Locke has over all those characters is relatability. John Locke is a flawed character. He makes decisions that are correct and he makes decisions that are wrong. And he has to live with those decisions. He is the most flawed individual of a character ever committed to TV. It's amazing. He's such an interesting character. Yeah, the whole thing about watching the show for answers, I was just thinking off the top of my head. And there are actually questions from the series, the first... I would say it's ooh, it's definitely the first series, but I, I think I might be right in saying that there are a, a few questions from the first two to three episodes that you do not get answers to until the actual end. Like yeah. The actual end. Yeah. End. Yeah. The, um, uh, yeah. The first, at least, the, yeah, the first handful of episodes, like like maybe one, two, six, or seven. Yeah, that you don't What's get answers to. Episode that's got to be. Five. Which one? Something like that. Boone, Boone in the plane. It's a bit further back, is it? No, that's about 16, 17. That's getting towards the end yeah. of the series, yeah. But there are, like, there's the, the black and white, the pearls, the Adam and Eve. Yeah. There's all those sorts of things that are not explained for a very long time. I mean, John Locke, in the pilot episode... John Locke basically tells you entirely what the entire series of Lost is about in the first ever episode of Lost. He plays backgammon with Walt and he goes, there are two sides. One is light, one is dark. That's Lost. (laughs) And to a certain extent... I remember you telling me that, yeah. To a certain extent, that is after the event. (laughs) That's exactly what I was just thinking earlier. That I was just thinking, I think I've just learned something. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. the influences that I take from after the event, I mean from Lost, sorry, is um, many, many things. Obviously, one of the things we have to talk about are the bunkers, which are obviously the hatches. And we all poked fun at it when it happened. <laughs> Flicking a switch... Or typing in 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. It's the same thing, basically. Yeah, basically. You, you're on the verge as a copywriter. Am I? Um, the... Yeah, yeah, you are, yeah. <laughs> but we're past that now. We've gone past that. The bunkers are all fucked. But the... Or are they? But you still... You and Adam still had the intrigue. Yeah. You still had the intrigue. It's always going to be placed there by something that's surrounded by a fence and you can't reach. Yeah. The natural human party wants to reach it, doesn't it? Yeah. What's in the box, you want to know. You want to know what's in the box. And the... 
the fact that obviously you have like the Dharma Initiative, we have Crystal Sphere. So there are a lot of different things going on. However, this isn't, you know, after the event is not um, contained to an island. This is the world. You know, we're going global. But, I mean, with Lost, I think, like I said, this is my fifth watch through. And I genuinely think that Lost may be, I mean, without Lost, and I, I mentioned Tony Soprano, Sopranos and Lost, what people don't realise, what a lot of people, I mean, we grew up in this era. But what people don't realise is you would not have Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones. You wouldn't have all these elite Netflix, Amazon and Disney Plus series if it was not for Lost and The Sopranos. They were the first. It made the binge-watch series. They were the original binge-watch series. And Lost holds up. Like, it still holds... There, are yeah. some, there is some wonky CGI... Right, but if you can look past, yeah. But that that is very minimal, very very minimal. Well, remember, this is at a time when TVs series, sorry, TV series didn't get budgets like a movie. Like the budget on, say, for example, the Marvel TV series at the moment, it's more than the budget of the movies. Yeah. So rather than make a, a movie, they're making the same level in a TV series. So rather than a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour extravaganza, you get six hours broken into an hour episode each or 40 minutes. Yeah. But the budget is higher. So the production value is huge now compared to TV series back then that were getting very low amounts of budget. I mean, look at the TV series. Other than Lost, the TV series that were out at the time, the TV series that were on that same level, there was nothing. No, you're talking sci-fi. You're talking things like Star Trek, things like things like Battlestar Galactica. Star I've never been a huge fan. Battlestar Galactica or things Stargate. Like Stargate. You know, um, these were these were still the higher end of the. Uh, you know, they had not, not great effects, but they were the higher end. Like Stargate, for a long time, was probably one of the reigning yeah. sci-fi shows. I mean. But you look back at all of the old sci or older sci-fi shows, even the really beloved ones. Like you go back and watch Firefly, people rave about Firefly like it's the most amazing thing ever. That's got a really wonky CGI in it. Yeah. Some really yeah. bad CGI in places. The thing but, is, I think that you know, I think that Lost Lost did not rely on CGI. This is what comes back to the characters. It relied on the characters. You look at someone like Sawyer. Sawyer is is a hero, but he is disguising himself as a cunt. Yeah. And Jack, yeah, pretty much. And Jack is a cunt, disguising himself as the hero of the show. Yeah. Like they are complete role reversals of each other, and they're so both so interesting. And someone like, um, you know, Mr. Echo. People always go on about Mr. Echo. is fantastic. He is. But his story is, again, a very tragic story. You look at Michael and Walt. Walt! Walt! 
you know. Well, that's the original Carl. Oh yeah, it's 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 such a tragic but completely believable story, and you relate to all of these characters, and they somehow manage for you to l- like someone like Kate, who's a murderer. And Sawyer, who is oh, a sure murderer. I like Kate. I think Kate's fine. Nah, she got tolerant. She's tolerable. Really? She's tolerable. I just never really, I just never really saw it. I was like, yeah, but you're just still a dick, though. And she still <laughs> used to play people up against each other. She does so do like, that yeah, a lot. You're still a bit of a manipulator. Like, you can still see it, it was there, it's like, yeah, you're still a dick. The... Like, for me, like, it's, like some of my favourite characters are the ones that fucking died. Like, I, I really like Saeed in the earlier series, and I really like Jin. Um, Jin is badass! Jin. Yeah, like, watching Jin learn English and sort of, well, he, did he ever learn it properly? No, he does, he does, because he I gets... But he got better, because it was him and Michael, wasn't it? Look, it was him and Michael, but he Jin gets um, left back in time. So he spends three That's years right, yeah. on the island with Sawyer and the Dharma, and then he learns English perfectly. Yeah. And it's like, good, good on you, Jin. Yeah, exactly. Like, watching those characters, for me, was always, like, more of an interesting journey because they're not... They're the underdogs, you know. They're not the main characters. And I think that was what I liked about... John Locke, uh, because he was sort of, he wasn't Sawyer. He's not your good-looking fucking Hugo Boss advert guy. He's not going to be on a fucking Rolex advert. It's John Locke. Do you know what I mean? He just looks like maybe like your fucking geography teacher or some shit like that. Yeah, your <laughs> uncle. Yeah. So to have him like waxing lyrical about religion and philosophy and the rights and wrongs of life, and you sit and you listen to him and you go, this guy's just a guy that's seen some shit you know like he's just a dude that's just been through shit and then you realise what sort of when, when you get the flashbacks and that first time I remember that first time you ever saw him in a wheelchair walkabout sort of yeah in walkabout like, yeah. like, everything everything just sort of like um, sort of like made more sense now you know you realise like why he is so fucking philosophical and like up on shit because it's like he's he's obviously gone through not just a physical transformation, but being able to walk again to then, right, I'm here on this island, and for some reason here on this island I can walk, you then have to start asking yourself so many more questions yeah. about what the fuck's going on, how things are working, not just with yourself, but like, if this, this island can do this to me, then what else is going on? And you can see that this is a guy that is asking the questions, and that's what I liked about John, is that he was asking the questions as a man of, you know, he was a man of faith in the sense of, like, he had faith in the island, but he was asking, rather than asking, you know, how's this happened, what's happened, you know, why, he was sort of asking the questions of, like, what, what's, like, I've been chosen, but why me? Not in a, not in a um, scientific way as to, like, why are my legs working when they didn't before? He's asking it on a on, on a base level, on a on a consciousness level. Like, why have I been chosen? There must yeah. be a reason because of who I am and what I do and X Y Z. 
and you sort of find that out later on in the series as to why certain characters, you know, their their personalities and the way they are, the characters that they are, play a huge effect on, like you said about how Jack and Sawyer are flip reverse. Yeah. That it plays a huge part on who's who. So for me, not just John Locke, but like other characters that, well, like like Jim, for example, a character that just steamed at the start, like another, oh, you don't know what he's saying, and he always has to have son around so that he can talk to people. And look at his story. Yeah. That's fucking like a mad story. Even someone, even like Ben Linus. He's the bad oh, guy. His story is incredible. Yeah. He's he's the bad guy, but in the end, he realizes this whole thing is bigger than him, and and he realizes that actually, I've been conned. And somehow you you you're rooting in the end for Ben <laughs> Linus. You feel sorry for him. You feel you yeah, pity Ben Linus. Shit. Yeah, and yeah. it's like. That's it's, good character building. That's yeah. good writing. And this is why I keep going back to it. This is why when I'm like, I don't know what to watch now. I've watched this. I've watched this. It's like after Christmas, I went, right, well, I've done Hawkeye. I've done um, this. I can't remember what it was before Hawkeye, to be fair. But it was like, I've done this. I've done this. I ticked all these off the list. And it's like... Was it Squid Game? Because we need to put that down on influences. Oh no, Squid Game is definitely not an influence. We can talk it's about Squid line, Game if you like. It's the but um, no, I think you know. Listeners, uh, you watch Squid Game. <laughs> decided to just steal the highlights. The, that's what happened. Do you know what? Do you know? What? I was genuinely in that moment. I will admit it now. I was genuinely going for more of a Dawn of the Dead shopping mall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah then, I, I did think but when you guys pointed out Squid Game, I went, "Oh shit, yeah, Squid Game." I never thought of that. Um, but no, this is why I keep going back to Lost because it's like, well, what should I watch now? Well, if I watch Lost, that's going to take like two months to watch, so I'll go for Lost. Like that. By then, loads of shit will come out, and I can binge that afterwards. It's like I will always yeah. go back to it because it's it is so rich. In character and story and mythology, everything. I, th- I think really, actually, um, we're not the only ones that took that inspiration because Walking Dead came out a long time after, and it, it does that same thing. Just exactly the same. If you look side by side, The Walking Dead and Lost, they both do the same thing. Here's the story now. Here's your characters. Here's the characters you care about quite a lot, and here's what they were doing beforehand. Yeah. So it does exactly the same as Lost. It takes that same formula of here's the characters that you like, here's the characters that you're interested in, here's their story before all this shit went down. Now you care about them even more, we're going to flip back to the present day and put them in some more shit, and now you care about them. That, I don't know why I never realised that. That's exactly where the Walking Dead got that idea. How do you make a character write in? You tell somebody's story, so that's how they've done that. And like the story I mean, of Daryl, nobody yeah. cares about Daryl until you start watching the story about Daryl Dixon with his brother Merle, 
Yeah. And when Merle dies, Mon's a bad guy. Merle was a bad guy. But yeah, he was a fucking ace bad guy with a knife for a hand. But when he dies, you realise that that's Daryl's only blood in the world. And he's yeah. gone. So, things like this character building... And I mean, like, Carol... Uh, Carol, you know, starts off as a very meek, very sheltered, timid woman because of her husband and turns into probably the most badass character in the entire series. I'm not saying The Walking Dead doesn't do it, but the problem is The Walking Dead only chooses to do it with certain characters. And this is why, I mean, in my rewatch of The Walking Dead, and I will mention, you said about season 11 of The Walking Dead, I will watch it when it's all out because I just want to hit it I don't want to draw it out yeah I I haven't watched the first half of series 11 I'm waiting till all of it's out and I'll just smash it and then I'll go right Walking Dead is done and I'll probably never watch it again because for me the, the golden age of the Walking Dead is when you had very interesting characters. It is that sort of season one yeah, to season. It's basically from when it starts to when Negan comes in. You have Rick. Yeah, you have Shane. Why, uh, why people tail off then. Yeah, you had Rick, a lot of the Shane, Michonne, Glenn, Maggie, Herschel, Abraham, Eugene. Now, some of those characters are still alive, but you had... I mean, I'm not going to... I will point out now. Uh, Quinn, in my head, is basically Abraham. That's who Quinn oh, is, is based on, oh, is right. Abraham. But he is older. It's like an older Abraham. But, <laughs> you see, it, it's very... That's when The Walking Dead was, for me, the golden age of The Walking Dead. You had really interesting characters. Whereas now, it gets to it... It's like, can you remember Tara? Tara came in in series four. She was, yes, yeah. She was Abraham's other half, wasn't she? No, that was Rosita, I think. Was it Rosita? Oh, yeah, yeah. Tara was the... um... Lesbian. She was a lesbian. Yes. And, And the governor found her. She was part of the governor's group originally. Then she joins Rick's group. Yeah. And now she dies in season 9 or 10, right? She had a long run. And when she died, you kind of went, I actually kind of feel bad because she's been around for so long. But the problem is, when it gets towards season sort of 7, 8, 9, they're throwing so many characters into The Walking Dead, not developing any of them. They go, what's your story? And they go, huh, well, I used to be a farmer. That's your entire backstory, is it? And I'm meant to care about you now. And then when you die, it's like, I'm in shock. Diluting the um, the sort of effect of having people. Now, I am going to uh, say something to you. You understand this conversation, and I hope some other people understand this conversation as well. I much prefer character over content. You know this. Yeah? Right. Yes. Once upon a time, i done a podcast with my brother, Sassy, you were sometimes on it, called Movie Seasons Podcasts. Right? Movie Seasons. There's many episodes out there yes. you can go and watch. Sassy, I think, knows where this is going. We once had 
an episode about the Dawn of the Dead remake uh, by Zack Snyder. And we were joined on that podcast by Gordo from uh, Those Conspiracy Guys. The podcast Those Conspiracy Guys, which I am going to say has wildly gone off the fucking rails. Now... Uh, yeah, I... I was a long-time fan. Um, I have to say, I've, I've, I've got a bit, no disrespect, but they, no, no they've disrespect. Taken turns, they've it, taken turns that I, um, I couldn't, I can't even pretend to sort of be interested in anymore. Yeah, no. Um, when they were, so yeah. when those conspiracy guys were doing conspiracies week in week out, it was fantastic. Problem is, they ran out of conspiracies. No fault of Gordo's. Yeah. Right. Now think, we. Think, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, the pan is a little thin. Th- yeah. The, the, the barrel is is a bit low. Yeah. And. Yeah. Yeah. And now I we think, had him on yeah. the Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> we had him on the Dawn of the Dead show, and I was trying to desperately explain to him why <laughs> the Dawn of the Dead remake is a good film. Which he agreed with. But I said, there are too many characters. In the original Dawn of the Dead, there's four characters and you become attached to them. So that when they get killed off, you care. Whereas in Dawn of the Dead, the mm. remake, there are so many characters that they get killed off ten a penny. I was, gonna, I was just going to say, I cannot... I, I, <laughs> now you've mentioned that, I never even fucking noticed it. But yeah, I'm just just thinking about it. It's like I can't even name. I can't, I can't even tell you who's in the remake one. I know the four from the original. Yeah. I'm really struggling now. Yeah. Now that's not this to is say. A thing. You notice shit like this, and I never noticed shit yeah. like this. So now, this is like interesting to listen to, but I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. The, the problem is that the it's a, it's a good film. Um, it is a good entertaining film, the remake. But the problem is you don't have four or five or six people which you become attached to. There are maybe 20 people. And there are 20 people there because it was made in present day. And because people want to see people getting ripped to bits by zombies in in mad and mysterious ways. right? But when that happens, you don't care. I would rather watch something where you become attached to a character and when that character dies, you actually feel something. Otherwise, what are you watching it yeah. for? And and Gordo Maybe could not... The element of storytelling yes. uh, requires that as a storyteller, you want your audience to, to you know, partake in the horror in that sense. Be engaged so, with the, the horror, characters. Yeah. The more impactful, I suppose, the better. So I see what you're getting at. But I guess, as a movie, they probably just need some fucking people to kill, don't they? <laughs> so well, it's this, cannon yeah. fodder, isn't it? They it's are cannon, cannon fodder. fodder. At the end of the day. But you see, this is what I mean. I would rather watch, you know, something with less characters become engaged in the characters. I mean, Lost is a big cast of characters, but there is just enough 
characters where you be where, where, and, and we spend enough time with them and I know that it is a series yeah I was going to say you, you are spending like you're spending a, a lot more time with like them 20, 30 plus but what I mean is that is that in what I'm trying to get to is that is that Lost you become engaged with all these characters over the course of six seasons or less depending on when they get killed off but when they die, you feel something. When Charlie dies, spoiler alert, in the end of season three, <laughs> and he spoiler alert for like a twenty-year-old show. For a twenty-year-old show, you feel something for Charlie, and Charlie in season two is by far the worst character in the series. He does some horrific things in season two, but yeah, when he dies, I how fucked up Charlie gets. When he dies, Stupid though, shit he does. You feel so sorry for Charlie when he dies in series 3 now I'm going to point you to The Walking Dead in series 3 when T-Dog dies what do you feel? T-Dog yeah. he's instantly replaced isn't he? exactly exactly and that's the difference for me between those two series like, I feel like the only real impactful death would was Glenn, and that's because Glenn was with us from the very beginning. Shane, Shane's death was was impactful because of the situation it was in. Herschel's death was impactful, but sort of at the time you kind of we didn't know it was coming, but no, it wasn't like like totally off the cuff when it happened. You know, like. It, it was one of those situations, it was the end of the prison thing, you know, like, someone's going to die. It was one of those situations where you're just like, fucking hell, someone's going to die. He's only got but one I leg. Glenn, the reason, I, I think a lot of the reason people kind of skipped like, and jumped shit there was because that was the one... Like, Glenn is the, he's not, he's the underdog in the sense that he's been around since what? He's been around since what? Like, the first episode... His voice, his voice was in it's the first episode, the and he is—he's so been around. He's the everyman. Um, he's the pizza sorry. boy. He's the everyman. He's a pizza boy. This is it. He is the relatable guy. So as he goes through the series, he's a relatable guy because he's not the cop. He's not the center of the, the universe in this sense, which Rick is. Rick is—he's the good guy. He's the cop. He's the center. He's the boss. He's the leader. He's not and the soldier is, or not, the hunter. Not, like, as much as we like to think we are, I mean, fucking hell, me and Adam have proved, if anything, through after the event, that we're not the leaders. We're not the fucking guys we want to be. Hell, I have to take charge. I have to tell Adam to talk. But sometimes when it comes to fucking combat, he has to tell me where to go because I've got no fucking clue what to do. But I think that's the thing. In real life, we're not Ricks. We're not Ricks. We like to think we're Rick, but we're not. You're a bunch of Glens. We're not Rick at all. You're probably Glenn. And the thing is that Glenn, as his story develops, he finds his way through shit because he just gets, like, he just gets shit done. Yeah. And he's just that guy that just, as he went through the series, he just plods on. But not plods on, that sounds wrong. He, he just carries on going. He just keeps going. He keeps fucking going and going. And you're like... Shit, Glenn, when you realise that he got all that way before he got his brains bashed in, you're like, he's come all this way. And he's just Glenn. Like, he's just pizza boy Glenn. 
and you got the girl as well that you wanted. Yeah. And and like she was uh, she was like uh, pregnant by the end of it as well. Yeah, she? yeah, yeah. So he's like, he got the girl. He was gonna have a family. He was like right there on the precipice of becoming that man from being a, like that pizza boy. And they like everyone said, look, that's probably like it had an impact. Yeah, that's why you killed the guy. I get that. But I think that's probably what turned a lot of people off because that took one of the main characters that was the most relatable because it took, everyone was rooting for Glenn. It, it took a bit of innocence away as well. It took a bit of like, yeah. it took yeah. a little bit of like, oh, it's Glenn. Like when you, I forgot, obviously I knew Glenn died when I went to watch the rewatch. But you watch that first season and there's one bit where they're in the city and he gets a car like a like a Dodge Charger or something, and he is he's fucking bombing. Yeah, and you look at him and you go, man, you are a boy, and when you become a man, the second you become a man, you are gonna die, and it's like, oh shit, and that is it. It's that loss of innocence, I think, and this is why I like that the fact that you know in a lot of uh, role-playing uh, games, the the non-playable characters, you know, the, the NPCs are, are sort of just there. Whereas we at least engage them a bit. I don't know, quite a bit, I think, more than other podcasts. You know, you know, we know in our weird minds that if you're going on a mission, Amanda is very good to take. She doesn't offer massive amounts, but if you've got to do something sneaky, you're like... <laughs> Who's sending yeah, Amanda? I feel like Amanda is our Glenn. Yeah, Amanda is your Glenn. She's been with you since season one. Yeah. She's your Glenn. Yeah. You know. And the more I think about it, the more I think if if we lost if we lost Amanda in our group, I don't think there would be someone to replace her. No, I mean Nick is like your Nick's kind of a bit like your Daryl. You know, he's reliable. Bit, yeah. You know, and like I said, Quinn is like the big. Tank, he's like your Abraham, you know, and there are other people who have come along since. You know, Rob is probably not comparable to anyone now that he has a sweeping brush for a leg, but train man, train man Rob, you know, he's Rob. The funny thing is that Rob started as a nothing character who guarded the door to a gun store. And has become one of the most famous, if not the most famous, NPC that we have. I love it. I love like, it. But the fact as well is that you guys play the game. You guys respect Emma. Because Emma is the leader of Ashbury. Yeah, like, I don't know what it is, but... You know, you respect what she says. You placed her in a position where I'm like... Just let her do it, like, she, she seems like, yeah, just let her do what she's doing. Just let her get on. Right? Yeah. I feel like we're, we're there to cause trouble in senses. Like, Adam, probably not so much as myself. I probably will push boundaries in that sense a bit more. Um, because I just like to see how things go. But um, when it comes to the story in that aspect, it's like... There are certain people who I don't think I'd fuck with, and I think Emma is one of them. I wouldn't fuck with I wouldn't fuck with Quinn because well, he's on our team anyway, but I certainly wouldn't fuck yeah. with Quinn. I wouldn't fuck with Emma um, or Ashbury, even though 
we could if we really wanted to. Why we would, I'm not sure. But if we wanted to take over, say, we probably could. I mean, you're pretty like, cushy there. There's a reason we couldn't. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty settled there. I mean, basically, you've been there for nine months now. Like, you're you're pretty settled in Ashbury. And the people have have respected you and and they I mean remember when you came back from the from the from the mission for Claire everyone welcomed you back and was like oh shit they're back they're back and it's like oh you fucked up oh don't worry like they were quite understanding of of you went and tried yeah i mean there's obviously only one sore subject and that is Seda. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why, I don't know why you don't like Seda. To be honest, I think she's an engaging I mean, character. But you've tried to get me to like her, but I just don't. If you went on, obviously you haven't taken her on this mission to France. But let's say there is another mission in the future, which meant you were away from Ashbury long term. Would you take her with you, knowing first of all she has a child? But secondly, she can heal you every day. Or would you leave her? I feel her? like uh, Adam, Adam would push for that. I feel like Adam would push for that. And it would be reluctant. But I feel like, yes, I probably would. Just because she is healing. I feel like I would cave. And I would probably end up saying yes. Because she does have that healing power. But that is literally it. Would you take baby Nigel with you, though? I mean, to be fair, to be fair, yeah, baby Nigel. It would probably have to be mandatory, wouldn't it? To be yeah, but to be fair though, baby Nigel is like six months old, maybe more now. You know, it's not like breastfeeding, really. Mm. I mean, depends how long we'd be gone for, I suppose. Depends on the mission. I'd probably say that we'd take Baby Nigel if it wasn't going to be too much of a dangerous mission. Okay. Well, look, I think we should leave The Walking Dead and Lost to bed. I will say one thing, though, quickly before we finish. Lost knew how to do a finale. That's true. That is true. I think there's no reason that it should get shot on the way it did. I... I... I'm not as mad on it as you are, obviously, but I have a lot more um, sort of respect and uh, like for the storyline and for the writing that's gone into it after rewatching it. Yeah, I think it's way better than what people originally said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The last big influence for me is Stephen King. You don't strike me as a big Stephen King reader. No, I'm not a massive reader in many ways. The only thing you'll get me to read is lots of pictures. <laughs> so for me, yeah. I mean, you're gonna have to do some educating here. I mean, look, we I won't do, go on. Uh, we won't I go do on. Some of Stephen King. We won't go on massively about it, but the stand. Um. Yeah. You're gonna have to keep that education there. Yeah. Right? The, the Stand is one of my favourite books ever, um, which is basically, again, is a post-apocalyptic story um, after an event, funnily enough. Um, 
And yeah, there are a lot of things in after the event taken from the stand. And also Dreamcatcher, which if you ever watch the film, don't, but read the book. Because I've probably read Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher the film. Yes. It's not a great film. I can see what they were trying to do, but it didn't really work. But the book is really good, I feel. And yeah, I mean there are a few Dreamcatcher style things going on a little bit. Um mainly vision stuff, you know. But yeah, I mean we can't really talk much about Dreamcatcher because obviously I mean Stephen King, sorry, because you haven't read a lot and that's absolutely fine. But people who have, I think might see the comparisons there. Um So yeah, I mean that is about it really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean the obvious other thing just in general for format and the way we play is Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Um, but that is a very loose base because again with our background and what we have done and do is a massive influence and we've done podcasts like as what uh, you were saying earlier we've done you had um, the movie podcast but we also did Dungeons and Dragons as a podcast um, before um, I forget what that was called we had a name for it Dungeons and Dragons for Dummies? Yeah, Dungeons so, uh, and Dragons for Dummies, yeah. Basically, we're, we're beginners at that sort of stuff, and through friends of friends and family, we've ended up playing, you know, all sorts of Lord of the Rings, Warhammer-type games, and then it obviously, you know, you progress into playing Dungeons and Dragons. We played Dungeons and Dragons with your brother Chris, who is on Bottlehead Radio, um, and that was good fun. We all really enjoyed that. And we try to progress this story. Um, oh, oh, do I talk about Odyssey? Mm, do I? Do I? Do I? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything more than we had a prototype. Um, I think some people, listeners, may know, may have heard about this, may know some things about this, but it never took off. Oh, pun intended. Um, it never took off really. Um, yeah. Just, it, it, it became difficult to produce with COVID and everything going on. It and was trying called... to record became a bit difficult yeah. as well. It was called um, Odyssey. And it was like a Star yeah. Wars Guardians of the Galaxy style adventure. And and look Space Opera instead of Space uh, Opera Survival yeah. Adventure. And I'm not gonna lie. After after the event is all finished and all wrapped up, which may be a very long time yet, if we are all still like, do you want to go again? We may go back to Odyssey. Me, you, me, you, and Adam may well go back to Odyssey if. I would love to see that. If we, if we're all still up for it, after that entirety of after the event. We may go back to do Odyssey, but I have no story whatsoever because some of the story of Odyssey has weirdly been uh, incorporated into after the event. <laughs> it has? 
in a weird way, yes. In a, in a very obvious way, in some ways. But it, you may not see it or understand all of it just yet. But it is... Very confusing. Oh yes. <laughs> oh, that's a blinder. Yeah. However, yeah, so, I mean, if we're talking about influences there, and um, not just Odyssey. Well, I mean, let's let's explain. I mean, we have dice, don't we? We have dice. We do dice rolls. We um, both both of us. I mean, my my brother Adam. You, if, as you listen. To after the event, you'll realise that he is, uh, how do I put this kindly, he's on another level of nerd to me and Matt. He's a massive fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I'm imagining that Homer Simpson just nerd in my head. He's uh, basically comic book guy. Yeah, but From the instead Simpsons. of comic book guy, do they have like anime guy? Yes. He's a comic book guy from The Simpsons, but instead of being into comic books, he's into anime. Yes. And that's and that's him. Because I'm actually into comic books, but he is more like the comic book guy who will criticise everything, but instead it's manga and yeah. anime and all that shit. But he knows... Really, you know, we all like different things. But he but knows d and He definitely knows more about Dungeons & Dragons yeah. than what we do. But I mean, we basically, like we've said, I mean, it, it, it's probably the worst episode we've ever done was the actual introduction episode in the first season where we were just explaining how it's going to work. And we basically roll for any shit. One, two, three, four, fail. Five, six, seven, eight. Mild pass. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, pass. It, it's yeah. basically that simple, and I roll for gunshots. Like I roll for if if someone hits someone, or not, and that is it. I don't roll for anything else. If Adam says he wants to jump off of a building, and free fall, and do ninja moves in the middle of the free fall, and land miraculously on a car unharmed, if he gets a twelve, <laughs> he does it. It's that simple. You see, we both listen to a lot of podcasts, um, and I'd say that there are a lot of Dungeons and Dragons style podcasts out there. And I, I think we had a discussion beforehand of doing anything like this that we both agreed that it doesn't matter how much you listen to somebody say numbers; it, 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 it's not. You can't, you can't make it interesting. You no, can't. You can't. So we, we, we try to cut the shit down because, let's face it, like nobody wants to hear, like, oh, 10, damage, 5, armor, 4. Like, yeah, we get it. And it, sometimes if you're really into it and you really like that sort of stuff, then fine. But if you're more like myself, you want the story, you want it to flow, you want it to feel like it's in the action... You're not going to, like, for example, we take on 20 plagues. If you can eliminate 20 plagues with a fucking machine gun, that's going to happen. But it's like, you've got to keep a flow. You've got to keep a story. You've got to keep it moving. Um, and, and I think, really, the way we break it down to make it simpler, we probably could make it slightly more complex if we wanted. But to keep that 
things moving Rhythm. at the pace they are. Yeah. And I would say we do actually have quite a high pace for a dice roll game. Um, I think you need to do that. You need to have these simplified dice roll because at the end of the day, it's all chance. You do yeah. one dice roll, you do 20 dice roll. We're not going to have a fucking million dice sat around. We agreed that at the beginning of this. Yeah. Adam sometimes has pushed for more, hasn't he? I yeah. Mean, a little bit. He has, yeah. <laughs> but um, I think realistically, there's a, a, a limit you can go to with all that shit. I um, think uh, w- one thing. You're talking about fucking numbers and it gets boring. Because basically, it was it was about a year ago. We, me and you, and two others started recording this Odyssey um, role-playing game, and we realised that was not working. So when I came to you and said, "Look, I think me and you could do this with your with Adam, with your brother." It's going to be very simplified because I want to focus on characters and I want to focus on the non-playable characters and I want to focus on the story and the mystery and the comedy. I want it to be more about us lot having a laugh, shooting the shit, but at the same time progressing the story in a funny way. For instance, if we were doing another podcast, no one in their right fucking mind would find a llama in a in an abandoned um petting zoo. petting zoo which is inside a a holiday camp Butlins. a holiday camp butlins essentially whilst going to save the world uh, that is and then taser that to catch it like a pokemon and then taser it like a pokemon to catch it and train it and then realize afterwards that actually our packers are quite small and you can't ride them that is what we are more focused on is the funny, comedic <laughs> storytelling than yeah. the I've rolled a six for stamina and then six for armour. I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah, I think really it's somewhere between. Um, it's, it's simple Dungeons and Dragons, but it's also... Do, do you remember the books you used to get called... Um, shit. Choose Your Own Adventure. Yeah, Choose Your Own Adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking turn to page 12 if you want. And and do you remember, um, for me, it was a lot of the old games. Do you remember Monkey Island and all these sort of old yeah. games where they were click, click, click first games? It's like, what's over here? Have a look. What's over here? Have a look. It's like, where do you want to go? Click on the left side of the screen and you go over there. Like And things like that. It's like you're, you're developing a story with your choices as much as you're developing a character. So for us, like, playing the game... We're aiming to obviously win in the sense, you know, like you don't win the game, but you know, if we're fighting, you want to win the dice roll, yeah, so you don't get shot all the fucking time. But, <laughs> but really, if that happens and you fucking get knocked out, then what are you going to do? That's part of the story now. So, how are you going to tell that story? And this, I think, I've got to be honest, I, I think Adam really shines in that area because it's funny, he. It's funny how he is the guy that pushes for dice rolls, and yet when it comes to off the fucking pants, you see sort of getting shit done, making it up as you go along. Adam is he's yeah, you got I've got to give props to him because he makes shit up on the spot that is like insane, 
and works and you just think how the fuck have you pulled that off yeah. and when he does there's some some payoff like he's had some shining moments because of the Dungeons and Dragons aspect is not followed strictly because we do not totally adhere to those rules he has had some opportunities to do things I don't even know how he's I mean, for instance, I mean, for instance, the three that stand out straight away from what Adam has done, where he's just completely lost the plot, was when he turned into, for the first time, that 18 and a half stone of adrenaline-filled madness ninja in season two, and like Neo ran up the walls, and then the whole train chase at the end of season five, when he was across the top of a train and then jumped off the side and hoped that someone would catch him and then the whole bit in this uh, season season 7 when he was chancing it that Beatrix knew um whistle commands it's a whistle yeah what the fuck yeah but it makes it funny and it makes it enjoyable and it just flows we were saying beforehand that that however long it was, hour and 50 minute or whatever it was finale for season 7, it flowed very well. Yeah, we were at peak performance there. We, we were all really into it that night and, and it really showed because some nights one of us might be a little bit off and I don't know if it shows. It might not. But that night it felt 100% all of us were on the same page. And it has actually made me think that all of our finales should be ex- extra long episodes. Yeah, like, I, I think we should schedule them in for like a earlier recording. Yeah. Not tired, get it done. Yeah, um, I was thinking about that and I, I cannot even start to begin to tell you how much I hate the sound of my voice on recordings. Even though I talk a lot, I know. Um, <laughs> but I don't regularly go and listen back to ours, I'll be honest. I don't. Um, but I have all intentions of listening to the, the season finale when it is released because I think it's the best stuff we've done. I think it is some of the best stuff we've done and I want to go and listen to it because I know how funny it was. Um, personally... On a personal aspect, I, I just want to go and hear how it sounded because I was I was crying with laughter. Did you know what I I knew it was going to be a spot on night when right at the beginning of the episode, and it was a long one. You were talking to Claire, who is obviously me, and you were doing the whole "Who's that." And I was like, it's Claire, obviously. And then when you handed it over to Adam and he said, who's that? And I went, it's Claire, obviously. I knew all of us were completely on the same wavelength that night. And I I knew it would click. Adam Adam is a, uh, sometimes can be a bit of a wild card, but when he does produce, he he produces. Yeah, and and I'm so, so glad that, because when I came to you with this idea... I said, you know, we need someone else. Who's it going to be? And I said, I think we should ask your brother. And we were both a little bit, do you think he'll do it? Do you think it's a bit beneath him? 
because he is so into Dungeons and Dragons and having all yeah. these very strict rules. But I mean, he's done proper Dungeons and Dragons many times. Yeah. So we thought, yeah, exactly. We thought maybe he wouldn't um, adhere to our loose uh, sort of interpretation of yeah. the rules, so to speak. Um, so yeah, it was interesting to see that. But straight away, I though... he was going to be a bit of a stickler, but yeah, he, he totally got into it. To be fair, though, after the first night, because look, I mean, a little, you know, peek behind, you know, the man behind the curtain, we... Another lost reference. We, um... <laughs> we... You know, we don't record these every week. We'll do, like, a batch recording of, like... We usually do the intro episode and then episode one on one night and then we'll do like episode two three four five six seven eight nine and then ten and then we'll do like a smackdown have a little break for a week or so or two weeks and then start the next series and but when adam first started that first night i thought oh no he's in like he's fully yeah. in on that first night. And the bit that got me was when he went into George's house in the first episode or the second episode, maybe, and he goes, are there noticeable bum grooves in his armchair? <laughs> yeah. And it, I, like, I like those things. He, he has, he has um, that imagination that is there. <laughs> I like it. And, and it's still, for me... He's one of the funniest moments we've ever done was when he just says, are there noticeable bum grooves? And it just made me laugh. And every time I listen to it, it makes me laugh. Are there noticeable bum grooves? Yeah. But I think with... He's jams look, his wife. He jams and his wife. Yeah. To be honest, I think we have sucked Adam off enough tonight. Now, I think we've given him his dues. <laughs> he is at work. He's hard working. He's not here though, so fuck him. Yeah, fuck him, he's not here, but... And we can, like I said at I'll the you, beginning... I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the one downside of Adam. He does make recording fucking difficult. He's the only... Me and Sassy have, uh, like, literally eight till half four jobs. Like, we work from eight till half four, or whatever... I'm not sure what time you finish, Sass, but like half four, five, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Adam does shift work. And he makes our life... Fucking difficult sometimes. There'll come a message up in the group chat. All right, boys, all ready for tonight? Eight o'clock, quarter past eight. Yeah, all ready to go. Sassy replies, yeah, mate, no worries. All good. Adam replies, oh, no, I've got fucking work now. I can do Wednesday, Thursday, next Sunday or Monday. And it's like... To be fair, when Adam says he can do a day, he has always turned up and he will do it. So we have to give him that. That's true. I just want to make one last shout out to another influence that just crossed my path. Okay. Um, because it is part of the fusion 
that has influenced us in storytelling as well. And that is, I'm going to have to ask you the name of it because I've forgotten the fucking name of it. The podcast where they tell the story of the zombie apocalypse and I've forgotten the fucking name of it. Oh, here we go. Here's the game. Can you guess the name of the podcast we're on about? We're Alive. We're Alive. Now, We're Alive... It's very American. Oh. That's the one thing I will say. We're very, Alive very American. is, is, is fantastic. I, I came across it, I don't know, maybe three three or maybe four years ago. And I think there's four series... Then they done some sort of, and, and and I'm not disrespecting them at all, but they done some like again, Fear the Walking Dead style spin-offs that weren't quite yeah, never got into that. that weren't quite up to scratch. But the actual main series was fantastic. It absolutely yeah, was fantastic. Interested in listening to storytelling podcasts, and it is purely storytelling, um, but it is very professionally done. The sound effects are fantastic. The whole story is fantastic. I listened to it, the whole thing. I binged it like a motherfucker. I was listening to it in bed before I went to sleep. It's it's very, very good. And it's very listenable, easily 20-minute... I think they're 20-minute chunks, aren't they? Something like that. Um, but, yeah. I, mean, I mean, if you really listen to it, you'll see that basically, like, if you've ever played the video game Dying Light, you'll see that a lot of the story is, like, there's, there's some copy and paste shit going on there as well. But, um, but like we said at the beginning, it's all yeah. cut and paste from each other. But yeah, I've got to give props to that for the storytelling. It's all vo- voice really actors as well. You know, I mean, it's all voice actors as well. You know, every character is a oh. is a is a different voice, and it's not me doing a farmer's voice followed by a. a fucking American voice which we managed to fade out into just my normal voice and mm. and a Russian I voice I another farmer that sounds almost identical to the first farmer yeah I, do you know when all this and is over the first farmer essentially is the second farmer so it's like the first one never died it's just the second one's the same character hey George will always live on in our hearts he will George is always George and no other Nigel could ever replace a George. Not Nigel. Brian. See, that's why he can't replace anyone. Brian. Brian. There you go. Yeah. Brian. I mean... Brian, Brian is replaceable. George is not. I mean, I think... When... After the event is all done, all finished, we, we must ask people for... You know, their their highlights. And I think the George and Brian conversation might be up there. Even though it lasted for 30 seconds, <laughs> it may be up there. Welsh? Fuck no, it's Irish, Welsh, Irish, everything. everything. He basically never kept a Russian, a Russian accent for more than about 10 seconds and, and ended up with all sorts of accents. Can you... So, um, I suppose really... We used to make these little films. What accent you give him? 
We used to make these films when we were kids, didn't we? With uh, us three and, and our mates. We used to make these little films, yeah. And he played this guy called the Russian Specialist who was like this survival expert or something like that. And his accent was atrocious, so he can't call mine out at all. Like, That's true, yeah. He, he really can't. Can you remember that yeah. one we made? We made a film um, and it was called Shadow Soldier. And he... <laughs> He had like this big Nerf gun, which we spray painted black. And as he was meant to shoot now it, as he was shooting it on screen, we were trying to light uh, a chain of firecrackers off screen, and we couldn't light it. Uh, so he, yeah. so he stood there very seriously, waiting to, you know, jolt and move this big Nerf gun, like a big machine gun to fire, but we can't light the firecrackers. And he starts doing his laugh, his... <laughs> his chuckly laugh. Then all of a sudden... Well, it's funny, I wish Adam wouldn't mute himself so much because people would love to hear that chuckly laugh. Adam he, does um, mute himself a lot. He mutes himself when he's laughing. It's funny, so much of the show is... Him not laughing and him going on mute, and we're like, Adam, you're on mute. Um, and I think it's because he doesn't want people to hear him laugh, but his laugh is actually one of the funniest things you've ever heard. It's a proper deep chuckle. It's like, <laughs> like a honey monster kind of laugh. It's great. Um, and his laugh will make you laugh. It so, always um, makes me laugh. It always should, makes me laugh. I don't know, start a hashtag like, nah, Adam laugh or something. Um, he didn't mute it though I tell you what though in the finale he got so into the finale of season 7 he didn't yeah. mute it and you can hear that laugh in that episode yeah, yeah he there did little easter egg for you if you want to hear him laugh another thing which I will point out quickly yeah, now say, it, let, let Adam laugh let Adam laugh hashtag let Adam laugh when um, I will say one other thing which really sticks in my mind um, from when we used to make films when we were younger is Sassy in one of our films uh, died and he we bought some little blood capsules and he put a blood capsule in his mouth, in mouth. Yeah. and he put I loads he put loads of them in his mouth and so we're on him and he's like dying the camera's on Sassy he's dying and he's spitting up this blood and then we pan up from him to get a nice panoramic shot of the scenery like proper art house scenery oh. shot and then all you hear is Sassy <laughs> as he'd off camera, sort of sat up to see how much blood he'd managed to spit out, and he just goes, "Oh shit, son!" <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I put, I think, three or four of these little blood things in my mouth, um, and it was sat with it, with them in my mouth, and nobody had told me you're not supposed to like actually just have them in your mouth, and um, you're supposed to like just put them in and spit them out, and nobody told me that, and so I put them in my mouth open. And I had all the liquid loose in my mouth, mixing with like mixing with my saliva for ages. But I was waiting for Matthew to tell me to take the shot, um, and I couldn't talk or anything because I obviously had my mouth full of this blood um, for a good five minutes, and it's just sitting in my mouth. And I, I remember quite clearly having like mouth really like cheeks full, like um, waiting to go and Matt telling me right go and I I just spewed up this blood and I didn't realise how much there was going to be <laughs> I thought it was going to just be a little dribble of like you know 
is down my chin, you know, sort of like a dribble of blood type thing. But it turns <laughs> out because I'd been sat there so long with <laughs> these things in my mouth, it created like a pool. It did. To be me of this fake blood, and I was, I was like, yeah. He, he, I thought he'd turn the camera off, but I looked down to see this big puddle of fake blood, and I was like, oh shit, man. <laughs> yeah. To I be fair, impressed, but I myself proud. We we never cleaned that up. So someone might have been like walking their dog later on, and it looked like someone had been gunned down. <laughs> yeah, they probably thought they did some sort of fucking outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> massive random pool of blood halfway down someone's footpath. Oh, like. Well, look, I think, yeah. I think we have rambled on enough. So we're going to call it yes. a night and uh, we hope you have enjoyed this little bonus podcast and hopefully uh, we're going to have a couple of Smackdowns coming your way. And like I say, we don't know when season eight is coming. Sassy will give us the thumbs up when he's ready to go. Yes. Um, after when I'm no longer nursing child but we will if it's okay with sassy and sassy's partner gina if it's okay uh we will give everyone a little heads up when the baby is here um we will yeah, yeah. and then uh it certainly won't be called nigel no or Seder. no oh god no what about quinn Amanda? I'm not sure Gina would go for Quinn. Nah. I'm not going to tell you what names are on because I don't like saying them out loud because it makes me not like them. Okay, okay. There's a few names and I say them out loud and I kind of start to dislike them. So I'm going to keep them in. One of the names was Max. um, But until recently, I met three different dogs in the same weekend all called Max. And I was like, Max is a dog's name. So now we've had to strike Max off the list, unfortunately. Is, so, yeah, we're really struggling for names at the moment. Is, uh, before Jack was born, if Jack was a girl, Jack was going to be called something else. Is that name still on the cards, if it's a it girl? Is, yes. Right, okay, yeah. It I is, like that yes. name. Very nice and name. that name has not appeared in anything we have said, mentioned, or done. No. So no. Good. Well, look, we shall leave everyone in peace and uh, we shall hopefully be back with a Smackdown very, very soon. And it's going to be the Star Wars prequels. That is the next Smackdown. I think... That'll be good. I think that Watto is going to fuck Yoda right up. (laughs) You're going to have a contest from Adam because he's a super prequels nerd. He is a Star Wars nerd. I will give him that. All right, we'll see you later. Mega level. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.